You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway. An attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat. I'm your host, Al Malafronte, coming at you remotely for the Broadway Podcast Network. It's great to be back with everyone in the heart of our Broadway Bombers block that we're going to do for these next few weeks, alternating between some of our favorite stars from both the stage and the stadium. Uh, two people I'd like to thank for helping put tonight's show together. Uh, the first is Rachel Saltzman over at Schachter Entertainment. And the other is the co-creator of Break a Bat, Chris Katzman. Uh, the two of them had actually linked up even before everything went down with COVID-19 in order to bring tonight's special guests to the batter's box. And I'm so grateful they did. Um, Chris wanted to be on tonight's show. Unfortunately, due to some uh, health circumstances, he can't be. And being the big Aroldis Chapman fan that he is, and how the always theatrical Chapman, Broadway's and baseball's fastest throwing man of all time, uh, given how he is Broadway's favorite Yankee, very much thanks to Chris, I've got this a little Araldus Chapman bobblehead next to me tonight. It makes me feel like he's right alongside me. And for those of you at home who can't see the bobblehead, uh, the pitcher's mound is actually wrapped in a page from a jagged little pill playbill. Uh, I cannot say that I designed this, but that credit goes to my sister who went to see the show with me. Uh, so Chris, we're thinking about you tonight and hope you feel better. Uh, one thing I've been trying to do with the show lately is to give everyone some context as to why I enjoy watching certain performers, both on stage and at the stadium. And then when we're lucky enough, we get to welcome some of those performers to the batter's box. And uh, since hopefully we're drawing closer to the start of an MLB season, there's no better way to do that than with some parallels. Uh, you know, there's a handful of players throughout baseball history who have a career where uh, they were taking center stage for multiple powerhouse franchises. I mean, at least here in New York, the first ones that probably come to mind are Paul O'Neill with the Reds and the Yankees, uh, Piazza with the Dodgers and the Mets. I think if you ask any of those fan bases, they'll only speak fondly of those guys and really consider them as their own. And I think it's extremely rare when you have someone who did it across three teams. If you look up and down the list of Hall of Famers, uh, for the most part, there's really only one or sometimes two signature teams that they were a part of and made contributions to at a high level uh, for an extended period of time. Uh, the ones that span three teams, they're certainly special. And I think it says something about a performer when they can make an impact on multiple fan bases throughout the baseball world, uh, because each one is so unique. And here on Broadway, it's no different. You know, every fan base wants something different to represent the brand well. You know, just as an example, you know, the Carousel fans are a lot different from the Mean Girls fans. You're not going to find a lot of individual people who are going to have some combo of Hello, Dolly, Beautiful, and Beetlejuice on their top three shows list. And, you know, for all you baseball folks, you know, the culture around the Phillies fan base is much different from the Padres, the Marlins and the Cubs. You could go on and on. Uh, each fan base is incredibly unique. And when they take a liking to a performer, especially when that performer is stepping into a role they've come to love, uh, so often that affection is really a testament to what makes that performer so unique and what they're able to inject into that franchise that wasn't there before. And I think what makes today's hitter so special is because over the past six years or so, 
Uh, she's made her mark here on Broadway as a lead in three very different shows with very different fan bases. She played Sherry in Rock of Ages, Glinda in Wicked, and most recently Lauren in Kinky Boots and My Two Cents. And I don't think I've used this superlative on the show before. I think that she probably is one of my favorite singing voices in the whole industry. And it's so unique because she can use it in a lot of different ways. And as you could probably tell by, you know, some of the roles she played and some of the shows I just mentioned. So it's certainly great to have her join us on Break of Bat tonight. And with that, if you'll please turn your attention to Home Plate, just beyond the marquee, now batting, Carrie St. Louis. What's happening, Carrie? Oh, the crowd goes wild. <laughs> no studio sound effects tonight. Exactly. <laughs> what an intro. I'm so flattered. Thank you. <laughs> You know what? You did a show at 54 Below a few years ago called Always in the Ballpark, Usually in the Wrong Seat. I figure you'd have like some familiarity with some of the parallels I like to throw in those intros. Yes. I, wow. I mean, hearing you talk about them, I, I realized there are quite a few parallels, um, especially with uh, the brands of different shows and how they're rep- representing themselves and you know showing themselves in person too. So yeah, I did. Yeah, that was... I mean, my. I don't know if you saw the press photo for that show, but it was me in my t-ball outfit with big you know coke bottle glasses age seven or eight or something so yeah i was i was i was into t-ball my dad would beg to differ um we have a, a funny story actually that my dad was the coach or the the parent that helps coach and one time i was on first base which was my favorite because i could talk to everybody as they came through the bases <laughs> and um my, I was, you know, gabbing away with a, with a girl on first base and my dad, you know, reached out and said, Gary, Gary, pay attention. You know, someone's batting. And I said, dad, I know who's batting. It's Renee. So obviously I didn't have a very illustrious career in <laughs> baseball, but I was very socially, um, I was very into it socially, I'd say. <laughs> I, I got to ask you though, you know, you've sung the national anthem about it at what half a dozen ballparks at this point why hasn't yankee stadium made the cut i don't know i mean honestly my family is my family is a red sox family so i don't know if they how my dad would feel about the yankees um i did the mets and um i did like the dodgers i'm out here in la i'm from southern california um and it's so fun i mean there's nothing i really love going to baseball games they're so fun just the cheering and the hot dogs and the beer. <laughs> <laughs> when you get to do the anthem, do they bring you to one of those suites after and you get like all the free food and drinks that you yeah, want? Yeah, they give you great seats and they, yeah, they, they hook it up, which is, it's still funny to me because, you know, as a theater kid, my whole life, I, I didn't really have a lot of street cred with the sport, you know, people that were sportier athletes. And now I get the best seats in the house, you know, for all of these things. I sang for the Lakers versus the Clippers and I had courtside seats at Staples Center. I was like, who knew? The music kid gets the cool, <laughs> gets the best seats in the house at the end of the day. So, yeah. Yeah, hanging out with Jack Nicholson and whatnot, that's pretty yeah, good. Exactly. <laughs> so, Is there one particular stadium that stood out to you? Um, I mean, Staples Center was really cool because I, I went to college at US, I went to USC um, in Southern California. So to be singing for two LA teams, um, and it was, yeah, again, Staples Center is so iconic. And, um, and Paul McCartney was there. So I got to sing for Paul McCartney, which feels pretty cool. Uh, But yeah, I think Dodgers was, well, Mets was fun too. I don't know. I, I can't really say for certain, but it's it's harder to hear certainly on a baseball field than in a in a basketball stadium or a hockey rink even has great acoustics, but that's because they're enclosed. You know, so now you grew up around Palm Springs? I did, yeah. Uh is baseball kind of like the number one sport out there? Or is it a different sport? I, I was always curious about that. Um, I mean, I think golf is big out there. Tennis is huge. They have the um, Pacific Live Open. They have a huge Indian Wells tennis garden out there. So um, there's a big tennis uh, following. But yeah, I guess baseball. I mean, I just grew up with T-ball and so did my brother. Um, But I don't know if they have a team or anything. Hmm. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can talk about Broadway all day, every day. Baseball, I, it's, it's harder. <laughs> You know, it's funny, you know, we could, we can absolutely talk about the Broadway and that's really what we're here to do. Um, you know, I grew up not that far from Tinseltown. Is that how you kind of caught the performing bug at a young age? Um, I don't really know. I think my parents, I think, well, first they, they tried putting my brother and I into, you know, sports, which clearly I was just there to socialize. Um, <laughs> and I think also one year I, I made the claim that I would only play if I was on the purple team. Like I didn't want to wear a uniform that was any other color. So I think they were like, maybe put her in a costume, see what happens there. Um, but I, yeah, there was a small theater company in Palm Desert um, that was on the weekends. And it was, they have a big theater there called McCallum Theater. Actually, a lot of tours go through there. Um, and it was a fully staged production, uh, I think two or three a year with a full orchestra. And I started out, they put my brother and I in Oliver. I think they were just hoping we would, you know, they would just get us out of the house and use up some of that energy because we had tons of it, still do, clearly. Um, <laughs> and I, we both, you know, joined this theater company and auditioned. And my brother got Oliver, his first time ever auditioning. And I was singing Milkmaid number two. <laughs> singing Milkmaid number one was for a better soloist, but I was singing Milkmaid number two. And I thought if I did all the choreography faster than everyone else, that meant I was the best. So I was on and off the stage before you could even see me. Um, but needless to say, we were in love. We fell in love with it. And I kept doing shows with them all the way until I moved out of Palm Desert. So... Um, and I got to do Annie and Annie and Brigitte and the Sound of Music. And I was, I was done for My parents were like, oh, uh-oh, what have we done? <laughs> my mom writes a Christmas letter every year. And I was reading back from that time in my life. And um, in that Christmas letter, she was like, I'm pretty sure this is going to stick for a long time. And it has. We're still here. <laughs> still doing it. <laughs> so... That's for sure. And uh, now let me ask you, I guess when you're in high school, you're doing the musicals in school. What I find it interesting because I guess you went to USC and you were a vocal performance major specializing in opera. Was the intention like to be a, a singer or an opera singer at that point? Or did you want to do the acting? You know, that one bridges to the other. How did that, what went into that? Uh, decision? It's kind of, it's an interesting, it's certainly an interesting path to take. Um, not very many people take that path. Um, but I actually went to a prep school on the East Coast in Boston, right outside of Boston, called Phillips Academy Andover. Um, my family, I have a lot of family back there. My dad went there. My brother went there. So I moved away from home and was boarding in a school at the age of 15. And with Andover, you know, there's, it's such an, it's a highly academic school. So with the, you know, the academics plus required study hours plus required sports, um, I did, I did cross country. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> um, they also had like cluster soccer. Like if you think about, uh, Harry Potter, like that different houses, you have different clusters where your dorms are and they had cluster soccer cluster, you know, ultimate Frisbee. It's so fun. Um, but with all of that required, you know, hours taken up, there really was only an hour or two for singing. So I kind of had to choose between theater and choirs and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, luckily, my senior year, I got to do both. I was the lead in the music. I did Violet and Violet, which is such a great show. Um, but I was, I mean, it was a lot of work. I really had zero free time. And then on the weekends, because it wasn't a music school, I would take the train into Boston and I studied opera at Boston University. So I started studying classical music and opera in high school. Um, more out of necessity, I think, because I didn't really have enough hours during the week. Um, and we found a great teacher. And then when I was applying to colleges, it just, out of singing, dancing, and acting, singing was the thing I'd always been doing. And my teacher was like, you should be singing classically. You have such, you know, you have this soprano voice. And I decided to go to USC. And then halfway through USC, I sort of was like, wait a second. I'm studying opera during the day and for all of my classes, but then I'm going into my car or my apartment and belting show tunes all night. Like it was still what I really love to do. And so I, I kind of transitioned. Um, I ended up changing my major 
from a bachelor of music to a bachelor of arts so that I could study abroad and I could do this, the spring musical. Um, and Jason Robert Brown was actually teaching at USC. He was doing a seminar, which was, he, you auditioned and it was 10 people every Friday for three hours with Jason Robert Brown, which I'm still like, I don't know how we all got so lucky because was, I think it was when he was writing bridges in Madison County. Um, so he was my professor, which is so funny. Now, whenever we see each other, you know, uh, like I've gone to a subculture show or whatever, it's always, it's funny to me that he's like professor Jason Robert Brown. Um, but he really was so helpful and instrumental because right away he was like, you should be doing this. I don't, you know why you should be doing musical theater. This is exactly, you're in the right place and this is what you should be doing. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I can keep going <laughs> the journey, the journey, but I basically decided right out of school to, you know, give it a shot, give it a go in LA. And I, um, three months out of college booked rock of ages and the rest is history. So I had to completely relearn how to sing, but it is all, I mean, technique is technique. And I feel really lucky that I have all this, all that, those years of music theory and music knowledge, because it has been so helpful. Um, I just feel like I pick up on things faster and I have a better idea of my technique and what's going on stamina wise. So, yeah. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You mentioned your love of opera, your love of show tunes was like 80s rock, like a foreign language to you. I mean, yeah, I just, I, I was like, fake it till you make it, basically. <laughs> I, I, I mean, every step of the way I had imposter syndrome. I was like, they're going to figure this out, that I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> I mean, even the audition itself is so funny because it was, first of all, Rock of Ages, the audition was held at the Hollywood Methodist Church. Because, you know, where else do you go to a dance call to be a stripper? You know, <laughs> that's all fine. And it was like every step of the way, I was just so clueless. I was the green, as green as they come, um, you know, and, but I kept telling myself, I remember the first audition, my parents, actually, this is one of the biggest regrets. They told me not to go. They were like, don't go. You're going to blow out your voice. <clears throat> this is not right for you. You know, that sort of thing. And they, they I love my parents. <laughs> I feel like I got a slight rather my parents. And I, they always give great advice. This was the one slip up. Um, but I went because I had just signed with a new agent. And I felt like I couldn't. I was at that point where you're like, I can't turn down auditions. Like, who am I? I have nothing on my resume. Um and so I went and I remember telling myself, you know what, if you get through it, just you get it. I always bribe myself. It's like, you get to go have an ice cream cone. That was, that was the bribe of the day. It was like, you get to go eat ice cream and celebrate even how scary that was and how awful you feel about yourself because you have no idea what you're doing. Um, and I went and I just kept messing everything up, but it was the perfect storm of things. Like I just was Sherry. Because that's what Sherry would do. Like, she has no idea what's going on. And um, even in the dance call, we got to the dance call and everyone, you know, there was this, it was like triple pirouette on your knees, like flipping your head around. And I am a strong mover. I am not a dancer, per se. And at the time, I walked into the room, the Hollywood Methodist Church, and all the girls were in bra tops and like cut off shorts and high heeled boots. 
And I was in a black dress with character heels and knee pads on. So first thing I was like sitting against the wall being like, one of these things is not like the other. Like, how did I get here? <laughs> Just make it till you make it. Um, and we started the routine, triple pirouette, whipping around, you do all stuff. And I keep up, you know, I, I do have some dance background. I can keep up. But at the end, there was this leap that I still have no idea what it was. And I kind of gave up. And Kelly Devine, the original choreographer, you know, come from away, Jersey Boys. I mean, she's Tony. Tony nominated, might have even won Tony, a Tony, Kelly Devine. She's incredible. Uh, she called me up in front of everyone. She was like, Carrie St. Louis, come up here. And she whispered in my ear. I mean, I was like 20 years old. She was like, I don't care if you can't do that leap, do something and make it work. And then starting from the top. So now I am fully choreographing my own dance, which is worse than before. And we get to that point in the song and everyone did the leap. And I just walked in a circle like it was the coolest move she had ever seen. Truly, just a circle with a big smile on my face. And I looked at her and she was like, crying with laughter because I mean, that was the choice <laughs> and we finished and she just like gave me a wink and I left the room. And then sure enough, I got called back to the final callback. And then I found out I got it. And I, I realized once I was playing Sherry, that Sherry has no idea how to be a strip. Like she's so lost in that world. And I think I just quite literally was her. <laughs> <laughs> because it's me. I mean, that's what I would do in that situation. But it just kind of goes to show you that so much. I know so many, you know, kids who are wanting to do theater or people coming out of school, you just think you have to be perfect and you have to do everything right. And really, it's just like, do the best you can in that situation. Um, and then I ended up making my Broadway debut as Sherry, which is just so wild. It's opera singing, knee pad wearing girl belting, you know, but I did have to completely relearn how to sing. I, I went and I, I had a wonderful coach out in LA. Her name's Rachel Lawrence. And she completely transformed my voice so that I could do it healthily eight times a week. I'd never done a show for longer than a weekend my whole life, you know? So to be going to what ended up being five years straight of eight shows a week between Rock of Ages, Vegas, Rock of Ages, Broadway, Wicked Tour, Wicked Broadway, they completely overlapped. So it's a lot, a lot of singing. Now you mentioned uh, the Broadway debut. Did you catch a lot of Broadway as a kid? Were there many trips to New York that, you know, really helped inspire you to want to pursue this? Not really. I mean, I, I went with my Girl Scout troop when I was, uh, you know, really young and we saw Hairspray. And it's, it's very actually full circle. We saw Hairspray and, you know, my, one of the girls next to me, you know, tapped me on the shoulder and was like, that's going to be you someday. I'll never forget it. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine if that could be my life. And then the crazy thing was that I closed Kinky Boots and Hairspray, you know, was starring Harvey Farstein and uh, Jerry Mitchell choreographed it. And Jerry Mitchell wrote Kinky Boots, or directed Kinky Boots and Harvey wrote it. Um, and to be closing their show on Broadway, I mean, it's just such a weird full circle moment um, for me. But yeah, I only saw Hairspray and then I saw Spring Awakening. One, uh, I took a trip in right out of high school, prep school to New York. But other than that, I'd only been to New York twice. So it was kind of a, it was a scary, it was scary moving to New York, certainly, but. This is a question that I've never asked on the show. When you make your Broadway debut, do you have a date set and then, you know, you block off like 15 tickets to invite your friends, your family, your siblings? Did you have everyone in the house or people yes. kind of made their way from the West Coast gradually? How did that work? Yes, we definitely, it was like, I think, and the Helen Hayes is so small. It's the smallest theater on Broadway. I'm pretty sure the whole house was my family and friends. I mean, it was just so, it, I, I fully blacked out. I don't remember. I, this happens to me. Whenever my first night is Glinda on Broadway, don't remember it. I just like go into, I have to sort of like shut down and just go into the mode because I think I'll like, get too nervous, you know? Um, 
But yeah, Rock of Ages was just a huge party. And then we had, you know, uh, I think it's called Joe, was it called Joe Allen's? That pizza place? Wait, uh, next door to... Yeah. It's called Joe's. It's called Joe's, Joe's. Pizza. And it's one of my favorites. I love that spot. Oh, With the big yeah. high ceilings. Yeah. Yes. We had a yeah. big party afterwards. But the, you know, the, the bummer of it all is that you work so hard for this, you know, big night. But then you gotta do it all over again. Sometimes usually after opening night, you have a two-show day the next day. So it's like you can't, it's not like you can like throw them back and you know, re-kiki with your friends. You have to just go right back home and steam and, you know, drink a bunch of water to go to bed. So, uh, but I was lucky because I had already played the role for a year in Vegas. So I, it was so ingrained in me at that point. It actually was just adapting to a smaller stage um, because in Vegas, it was a 2000 seat theater um, and it was a 90 minute show. So there was a couple added numbers on the broad, in the Broadway show whole new cast, obviously, but I'm pretty sure they only rehearsed me for, I think I had four rehearsals. <laughs> Damn. They really <laughs> trusted you. <laughs> yeah. I had four rehearsals. I actually, I was, I closed in Vegas. I had my last show in Vegas that the next day I, so I closed in, I finished my last show in Vegas, flew out on a red eye and the next day sang the national anthem at Staples center. And then I had a day to move to New York. And then I started rehearsal the day after that. And then four days later, I made my Broadway debut. When I was finishing up that contract too, I did, um, I did, I finished my rock of ages show. I, oh, how do I phrase this? Sorry. Step back. I, my last week of the show on Broadway, I was rehearsing for Wicked from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day and then going and doing Rock of Ages on Broadway all every night, eight shows. And then I had my last show on a Sunday and on Monday I joined the tour. So it was like great. I mean, madness. And that was, and that was on the tail end of coming from Vegas. So and then from tour to and then Wicked tour, I went to Broadway right after. So it was five years of... <laughs> I was really ready for a vacation at the end of uh, at the end of my <laughs> contract, but yeah, I mean, I, I literally couldn't have imagined it to be any better. I, that's my ultimate dream, so I'm thrilled. But yeah, a lot of work. Vocal athletes. We are probably people are vocal athletes for sure. I've known you all of a half an hour, Carrie, and I could see that only someone with the type of energy and enthusiasm as you could handle that type of thing. So I, that's what I love to see. Those are some of my favorite types of baseball players as well. <laughs> yeah, good. You just keep on going until, you know, until you pass out. <laughs> but I, again, my, my parents, they, I mean, they, they picked the right thing for me to harness all this energy. Yeah. So. Now, we say so often in baseball, uh, you know, fans very much drive the performance. And uh, you certainly had an energetic fan base in Rock of Ages. You know, you go on to play Glinda and Wicked, which is really a show that anyone can love. But, you know, on any given night, you can have a very different audience out there as far as the demographic goes. Yes. Uh, if it's a school night, if it's tourist season, uh, in, in Rock of Ages, I feel like it'd be very easy to charge yourself up for the game when you're about to more or less go out there and do a rock concert. What do you remember about, you know, your experience of, uh, you know, having to make adjustments going into a role like Glinda, which like I said, has a very, could have a very different audience on a, any given night. Yeah. You know, actually it's weird. I see where you're coming from. I think it was harder to maneuver rock of ages audiences, to be honest, because a lot of Rock of Age, we would get a lot of tourists in Vegas. Certainly, same crowd, same type of people. It was it's a perfect show for Vegas. It people loved it in Vegas. They actually had a bourbon room that they created that was a bar based off the musical, and they would give like free Jello shots, and people would go there after the show. So it was like very, you know, it was the perfect crowd. New York, though, there's so many tourists that I think they've heard Rock of Ages before. There was a movie about it. You know, the tickets are cheap at, at um, what is it called? TDF? Yeah. Oh my God. Today ticks or whatever, you know? So I think a lot of times with Rock of Ages, we would get crowds that did not know what they had signed up for. And that was really interesting to be like, okay, we're, we're still, it's in your face, you know? And, 
And a Sunday matinee of Rock of Ages is a whole different world than a Saturday night of Rock of Ages. So that was really a lot of ebb and flow in terms of audience participation. Wicked, I don't know. I just, I think Wicked is such an amazing show all around. So is Rock of Ages, certainly, but it's a, it's like a very specific show. Wicked, I think everyone gets into Wicked, you know? And if they're not sold at the beginning, they're sold by the end, for sure. There's no way of getting out of Wicked and not feeling something at all, you know? Um, so, and also the Gershwin is such a big theater that, you know, there were certainly shows where you felt like a rock star, but there were other shows, there were a lot of shows where you, you don't really hear the audience as much because it's such a big space. Um, so I don't know. And, and it's easier to get more into the story of Wicked whenever you feel like maybe the audience isn't amping you up the way you need to be amped that day. You can, I, you can just invest in that story and invest in how you're connecting with everybody on stage. Whereas Rock of Age is like, you really need that. Like, you need everybody to be partying with you. Because partying alone is, is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it's awkward. And also, like, forcing someone to party with you is awkward. You're like, oh, come on. I got to do it anyways. It's my job. Like, have a good time. You bought the ticket. You're here, you know? Um, whereas Wicked, I think everyone's, everyone gets into the party by the end. It's a different kind of party, for sure. <laughs> it's a deep cut party, but yeah. People laugh because, you know, I've, I've said on the show before, there's a handful of shows that I've seen twice in my life and Wicked is one of them. People would be surprised, but it's just, it's been on Broadway so damn long. So like, yeah. how can it not be at this point? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and there's always people, you know, coming and going and they have new people playing there. They keep it very fresh. And um, yeah, I mean, Wicked's just the best. I, I, it's, I always feel awkward because people are like, you know, what's the best Broadway show? And I'm like, well, it feels weird to be the what say the one I was in, but Wicked is such a good show. You, there's no, you know, you can't deny it. It's good. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But, you ever have any crazy mishaps in the bubble or like any like funny oh stories God. with that? How Tell much, me. How much time you have? <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a whole segment in my solo show about just all, it's like a, you know, it's a whole block of, of things. I'd say one of the funniest, oh my gosh, there's so many. One of the funniest was one time, well, this was kind of, it was funny, but also kind of traumatic. The bubble, so if the bubble isn't working, you just kind of parade onto the stage, like a parade float. And it's a little awkward and everyone kind of gets to their knees and, and pretends like, whoa, but it's weird. Um, and one time it was the end of the show. So I'd float out in the bubble and that was fine. But then at the end of the show, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Wicked, maybe like tune out for a second, but she gets back into the bubble at the very end. And the end of the show, she's up in the bubble holding the grimery to finish it out. And it's so like devastating. And it's this, it's like a big moment. And I turn around to get in the bubble and the bubble's just not there. And I'm like, okay, bubble's not there. Cool. So I am like, I'm an amazing improv actor. I will just walk to where the bubble would be suspended in the air and just stand there. And so I walk over and I re and I start to feel something dripping onto my wig and my costume. And I slowly look up and the bubble is above me. It got stuck. 
And the bubble also has bubbles that come out of it from, and the bubble juice is just dumping on my head. The bubble juice that is used to make these bubbles is now pouring onto me. So again, I'm like, I'm an amazing actress. I'm going to pretend it's raining and I'm really sad and everything's sad because I can't start laughing. There's no way you can laugh at this point in the show. It's like the most devastating thing has just happened to Glinda. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's raining. I'm so sad. I'm so forlorn. I'm standing in this spot. And then I realize I don't have the grimmery because I normally, the monkey chistery brings it to you when you get into the bubble, but I never got the bubble. So I signal him over, you know, again, great actress. Here I am signaling slowly. He comes over, slips in the bubble juice. And like, you know, like the craziest, most almost comedic, you can't believe it really happened because they're wearing these metal wings, slips and his back slammed, the wings slam against the stage. And then he just crawled off the stage. And the horrible part about this is like he herniated the disc and he was out. Like it was a very, it was actually a serious injury. Again, sports, we are athletes, sports injury saved the game. But I had to sit out for the rest of the next three months because of it. And then I have to stand there with all of this trauma that's just happened. And I'm like, I can say I've been changed. Like, just have to, like, go right into it. And I, I mean, that was truly a crazy on Broadway. Just everything went wrong. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that's one of them. I mean, one time in popular, only my bed came out alphabet's bed didn't come out so then it was like did they share a bed in college which was <laughs> a whole different tone by the end of it we were like in a full breakup it was it was intense it was really intense um i smacked myself with the wand so many times like bleeding uh i forgot the words one time and i just i do this thing where when I forget the words, which we call going to the white room, which everyone has experienced, and it's horrifying. Um, it was on tour. It was right before I was, I knew I was coming to Broadway. I think it was like, I'd been doing, I think I'd done 120 shows. No, longer than that. I've been doing it for like a year at this point. And I got up for Thank Goodness. And it's the point in the show where Glinda is facing the audience, but also the whole ensemble is facing Glinda. So everyone is staring at you, including your fellow actors and friends and comrades. And I started singing and I started going, what's next? What's next? What's next? And then you just start panicking and you just turn white and the sweat starts to run down. And I have this rare ability to not get quieter or stop singing or make up something. No, no, no. I go full tone deaf. And I lose the words and the pitch and all sense of reality. And it looks like I'm maybe having a bit of a stroke, which is really fun for everyone witnessing it. Um, especially the conductor. You can imagine the conductor was like terrified as like what's happening. So, and I sing like Miranda sings, which if any of you listening know who that is, she's a YouTube star that basically sings tone deaf. So I get up and I'm like, we couldn't be happier, right here. Couldn't be happier, right here. Da da bon dee, da da bon dee, da da bon dee. Sweat dripping down my face, and then I got right back on. It was like he couldn't look handsomer. Right, back. <laughs> like nothing happened, and everyone in the ensemble was like shell shocked. And I'll never forget. I always, whenever I tell this story, I give her credit. Um, uh, one of one of the my co-workers, Callie Grinder. Uh, she's been in Frozen. She's in Michael Jackson. She's like a legendary Broadway dancer, beautiful Broadway dancer. She did that thing where I locked eyes with her when it was happening mid-stroke. And she did the thing that you do when a baby's talking to you, where they're like, blah, 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 and you're like, uh-huh. Yeah, totally. I know. Where you act like you know what they're saying. She was looking at me like, would not break was just like, yep, that's exactly what the words are. And you are amazing. like, I could just, I had her like just stronghold in my, just in my, you know, line of sight, not even physically. Um, but yeah, got right back on. And then I left and 
it was so funny because every member of the ensemble repeated that exact Dadapati, Dadapati, Dadapatonsipated is exactly what it was, apparently. And yeah, that was really wow. I think I lost like 10 pounds that next week because I thought, I don't know the show anymore. And I was <laughs> saying, I already knew I was going to Broadway. And I was like, I'm going to get to Broadway. I'm, I don't know the show. And I would spend all day, every day going through every single line of uh, the show all day. I mean, I was like a total nervous wreck. It was horrible. But we lived. We survived. <laughs> Absolutely. We lived to tell the tale. And now it's really funny, but it was not funny at the time at all. <laughs> so, yeah. Those are just a couple. I mean, there's been so many more. You know, you've been the lead in so many different shows. Uh, you're a lot like Geraldo Chapman because you're always center stage. Everyone's paying attention when he comes into the game. Which of those three roles that you've done uh, would you say that you felt like, damn, I made it? I mean, Wicked. Yeah. I mean, Glinda was my, as, that's like, what a, it's so, it's just a dream. You know, I saw it when I was 15 and was like, oh, that's my dream role, you know? Uh, so definitely Wicked. But I will say I've never, I mean, Kinky Boots, I've never had so much fun in my life. Kinky Boots was the most fun show, bar none. Um, and Rock of Ages was just like, I just, so much Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> So much Red Bull. Even for me, I needed Red Bull for that show. But I'm also so glad that that was my Broadway debut because the cast of that, it's like a cast of misfits. It's a cast of people that like are like, how did I get to Broadway? They're all rock stars, you know? So it's just, it was such a fun group of people. It was not musical theater people, really. It was way more a bunch of misfits that were like, cool, I'm on Broadway. <laughs> like, awesome. <laughs> Which is a great way to start out. Way less pressure. Um, Wicked was definitely, for me, monumental as just a, a goal. You know, it's like, oh my God, that's the ultimate. But it was a lot. It's very high pressure situation. It's a, it's a well-oiled machine. Um, and it's a billion dollar enterprise. So when you're leading something like that, there's a lot of pressure involved with that. Not to mention that, you know, at my, when I was there, I was there the 13th anniversary, 13 years of people playing this role and everyone's got their favorite and everyone has something to say about it. And, you know, learning how to navigate that and stay true to yourself and true to what you do best and not let all of that sort of start to mess with you. So then when I got to Kinky Boots, I was like, I'm here to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, it's just funny because, you know, there's certain roles on Broadway that we sort of associate with prime real estate. And we get that in baseball, too. You know, a lot of great teams are synonymous with the all-stars that they had playing a certain position. It's like, you know, the Yankee closer, Aroldis Chapman has followed in the path that Mariano and Goose Gossage paved before him. And, you know, they're both in the Hall of Fame and Chapman is, of course, going to join them there uh, someday. Uh, yeah. But he's also incredibly unique because he holds the record for fastest fastball ever thrown. And he does all of that with a secondary pitch, which, you know, that's a huge weapon and it's his slider. So he's not just a flamethrower. He's not a one-dimensional player. Uh, mm -hmm. You've taken on a lot of roles that were originated. Like you said, everyone has their favorites sometimes. And they, you know, followed some of the greatest lineages of Broadway performers. I mean, Glinda, Kristen Chenoweth originated it. And, you yeah. know, even Rock of Ages with Sherry K. Rockwell did it. Uh, what is it about your style that you think makes you stand out to certain organizations like a Wicked, like a Rock of Ages, uh, like a Kinky Boots that separates you? from another player that the show realistically could use at that position. A little baseball yeah, phrase there. Yeah. Oh, that's a hard question. Um, yeah, you know, it, it is, it is interesting because it's, it's funny. Like you say, like a Kate Rockwell, like there, there is a group of us that will all play very similar roles, right? We're all the same type. If you're, if you're taking it out of type and anytime I'm in an audition room and I see, you know, Kate or Taylor, or you see, you see all the same, you know, the same, we're all the same group of people. Right. And it, and it could go any way. Any one of us could play that role and it would be great. You know, I am, I'm in awe of everyone. I've like ever even shared a role with, I'm like, wow, I can't even believe I'm up to their level, you know, in a way, but we all bring something a little bit different, you know? And I think for me, 
I think I think I'm very high energy. <laughs> um, I'm pretty spazzy in a way. I think my humor comes from just being like, look, like I will do anything. I'm like, what do you want to see? I'll speak Chinese. I'll do the splits. I'll do, you know, I, I have no shame in this game whatsoever. It is like, I have acknowledged that I'm not very cool. And I don't know if I'll ever be like a cool person. That's just not my MO. I am very high energy, weird. Um, I don't know, like <sighs> loud. I'm that person. And I think sometimes, you know, with these roles like Lauren or Glinda, even Glinda can be played like almost like a Southern debutante. That's, that's a way like, you know, a lot of people have played her. She's very, you know, prim and proper. And she knows, and I just did not play her that way. I just don't, that's not who I am. You know, I was more like, yuck, yuck, yuck. Like, <laughs> let me, let me lift my leg over my head and let me do the splits and let me just do all sorts of weird energy things like it was like popular was like an aerobics workout you know i'm just bouncing around the stage um and there's something i think there's something to that someone bringing that kind of energy to a stage when you're watching that sort of energy you you are drawn in by it um so i think that might be it my strength i mean we're all funny we're all funny girls you know i feel very lucky that all the roles i played have been like the funny girl I definitely, that's my favorite thing to play. I think there's so much you can do with that. Um, you can change it up every single night and do something different depending on how the audience is reacting. It's just never ending. Comedy is such a fine line. And um, yeah, I feel like I feel like I would, it never got stale or boring. I know people say that all the time. Like, how do you do the same show every single night for a year or two years? It just never gets boring with comedy because the second I'd get bored with a joke, I'd tell it in a different way and see how it landed that time, you know, feel it out. So, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to be like, I'm better at this than other people. I don't really know. I think everyone is amazing and it's just sort of everyone puts their own spin on it, which is what's so cool about Broadway that you can, the same role can be played by two different people in completely different ways and that will read to different audience members it's so true and um you know is there a certain type of role that you would really like to originate or is there there like a, a role that you've always had your eyes on that you you know really want to take on do you ever give any thought to that i mean yes i i mean i would love to originate any role that that is certainly a dream um and well, I am originating a role off. There's a show called Between the Lines it's coming off Broadway. We were supposed to, we actually were starting rehearsals a week after everything went down with what's happening in the world, which is crazy. Um, I was two days before I was set to move back to New York to do a show this summer. It was at second stage. Um, it's Between the Lines. It's directed by Jeff Calhoun, produced by Daryl Roth, written by Jody Pickholt. It's a beautiful story. Um, so it's now we're now slated for spring 2021. So I will with with any luck of whatever happens in the universe, I will be originating a role in a show. Um, but I would love to. I'd also, I mean, I just I gotta play Elle Woods in Legally Blonde. It's gotta happen. We did the at Legally Blonde at 54 Below. Um, I just I think I kind of my timeline was off when they were. When it was on Broadway, I was in high school. And then when it was being done regionally everywhere, I was in Wicked and I, you know, I couldn't leave to do anything, nor would I want to really. But um, yeah, I just want to try my hand at Legally Blonde for sure. I think it's pretty obvious, but uh, I'm trying to think what else. I would love to do like a classic musical. I, you know, it was funny because once I did Rock of Ages, I was sort of known in the industry as a rock singer. I was only getting called in for rock stuff. And I went to my agent and was like, I'm a classical soprano. I'm faking it right now. Like, I want to do classical soprano. And then when I got Wicked, I, people all the time at the stage were, were shocked by, they were like, you, I didn't know you had such, you know, the soprano notes. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. That's actually like what I do best. Um, so I would love to take on a classical 
you know, Clara Light in the Piazza situation or, you know, a Julie Jordan or something like that, where I got to really live in that world or, you know, Eliza Doolittle or I don't know, something like that. Actually, Eliza Doolittle would be really fun because she's comedy and soprano. She Loves Me would be a great show. I would love to do that show. I'd like to do it all. <laughs> those, are, those are some great ones, but I'd actually love to see your take on Elle Woods. I could definitely see it. That would be oh, awesome. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I get stopped. I mean, I get told uh, multiple times a day or multiple days a week that I look like Reese Witherspoon. I, and I played, I did Cruel Intentions um, when it was at Poisson Rouge and I played Reese's role. Um, so, yeah. I'd love to do that. That's my girl. <laughs> I like Reese too. She's good. <laughs> You're good too, Carrie. And I'm sure the bat heads at home are probably wondering, wait a second now, how come you didn't do the seventh inning stretch tonight? I'm not going to do the seventh inning stretch tonight because I actually so, just enjoyed hearing what you have to say so much that I think that I have to present you with a little something that we usually give to our folks who... Uh, whether or not they enter the winner's circle is one thing during our baseball and Broadway trivia. But uh, we like to give this this like kind of like an official welcoming, okay. uh, like initiation I'm gift. So nervous. <laughs> it's a gift. What do you think it is? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do love gifts. So this is. Uh, thing, I love gifts. <laughs> I love language. <laughs> this is your official Chapman on Broadway break a bat long sleeve t shirt. Wow. So you got like our little show swag on the back, oh, and you've got. Cool. Like Waldus Chapman's number on the front right there. Wow. Um, this like officially welcomes you to the baseball and Broadway community. And uh, Gosh, thank you so much. I feel like I have to tell you, uh, when I did King, when Tiki Barber was in Kinky Boots with me, um, he was a Broadway star, the Tiki Barber, the Broadway star. And he had CC came and watched the show. And I knew CC was coming. He they had let told me ahead of time. So I brought, I had a Yankees hat that um, my dad never saw and um, CC signed it for me. So I have a signed Yankees hat, which makes me feel very cool. <laughs> I love that. He, he was on stage last year in Rock of Ages with Chapman. Oh, wait, that's right. Wait, was he in Rock of Ages? DC was actually in it and he brought Chapman with him because I, I listen, I am not going to take credit for this, but we started. Have you seen our Instagram? Yes. Okay. Uh, we, I have a feeling that we had something to do with Araldus Chapman being at Rock of Ages. He does not speak English. He okay. was sitting in the audience filming the show, by the way, just, you know, bad theater etiquette all around. <laughs> and we are convinced that CC invited him there to screw with him because of this Instagram page. Oh my gosh. Funny. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. Those are, that's the theory that's going around and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. 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 Totally. Carrie, you've been awesome tonight. And, uh, you know, we do one last segment to wrap every show. Uh, it's called fastball derby. I'll ask you a question. You say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Favorite New York city meal. There is a 99 cent pizza place right by where the late night with Stephen Colbert is, you know, that that's was, right by our studio where we usually yeah, are. Oh yeah. Gosh, that place, their hot sauce and their 99 cent pizza. Oh my gosh. That was a treat every, every not every night. I would allow myself like once a week coming over. <laughs> <laughs> Something about Carrie St. Louis that would surprise people the most. Oh, wow. I can beatbox. Can you give us an example really oh, no! quick? <laughs> it rolled off the tongue and then I was like, oh no. Um, okay, I'm going to give a little one. It's not that impressive, but I can do something. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Pardon me while I stand up and applaud. Wow. Damn, Carrie. Look out, world! <laughs> that is epic. I'll wrap because we don't want to know what would have happened in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Your Desert Island album. 
uh, Maggie Rogers currently. All time favorite film. This is a weird one, and everyone I'd say this to is is kind of confused by it, but it's called Patch Adams. It's a Robin Williams movie. Um, he plays a doctor, and he reminds me a lot of my dad, and my dad is a doctor, so that movie, I, it makes me cry like no other. But yeah, that's my favorite. Baseball player that you think would make the best Broadway actor? Chapman. <laughs> I, let's see it happen. Do you agree? I I mean, I could not agree more. I'm just glad that there are, you know, some all-stars in the Broadway community that recognize his talent and passion and flair. Um, you know, Pizazz. for theatric pizzazz. Baby, that's showbiz. <laughs> Did you have a favorite role of his that you saw on uh the Chapman on Broadway page? Mm. I mean, his, our avatar is him in the blue hairspray wig. I mean, there's like a lot. It's there's some. You think of something, we probably have done it. Uh, what would I want to see? Wait, even female roles? Oh yeah, he's done Regina George. He's done Elphaba. He's done uh, the Hel Hello Dolly. Oh, uh, that's what I want to see. <laughs> Want to see him as Hello Dolly? Yeah, we considered making his translator Marlon Glinda, but it just might have been a bit much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Six of the basics. Yes, exactly. Actor or actress you'd love to share a scene with? Ooh, um, ooh, actor or actress I'd love to Ooh, Broadway. Actor, actress? Yeah. You could say anything you want. There's no rules in fastball derby. Wow. I would love to work with Kelly O'Hara. Play a young Kelly O'Hara. Be friends with Kelly O'Hara. <laughs> <laughs> Is that someone you looked up to growing up? Yes. I think she's incredible. Her vote, her voice. Ooh. I want to... I want to steal it. I want to Ursula her voice and take it forever. <laughs> Favorite late night snack. Two show day at the Gershwin. You get home, it's after midnight. What's Carrie grabbing before she hits the couch? Ooh, I love um, popcorn. I love a Simply Pop popcorn situation. Is that what it's called? Simply Pop? I think so. Um, <laughs> ooh. What else do I eat late at night? Oh, I love frozen grapes. If you freeze grapes, they are like little tiny ice creams. <laughs> They're so good. They're so much better frozen. Fairly healthy too. Okay. Yeah, I always have frozen grapes. And I like I like tea at night too. If, especially when I'm doing a show. Um, I definitely drink tea before bed. Proudest moment of your career? Oh, um, when my Nana came to see me in Kinky Boots, um, just because, you know, she had been having some health complications and I know that the flight was hard and she had to be, you know, wheeled around. My aunt was wheeling her around New York City in a wheelchair, which she looked fabulous doing. Um, and she came and saw Kinky Boots and just loved it. And at the end was standing up and dancing and. It just, yeah, that's very important and very special for me. So, And lastly, what's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you and what was it? My favorite quote um, is, luck is opportunity meeting a prepared mind. So I have always felt like I've been very lucky um, in general, but I also realized that luck Yes, you are lucky. You get the opportunity. But I was prepared for everything that's happened to me. And I've worked so hard for everything that's happened. Um, once I get the opportunity, I'm prepared and I worked so hard that it doesn't even seem like luck anymore. So I think just always, and it's good to know to always be ready. You know, sometimes, especially in this business, there are times where you're not working and you're auditioning and, you know, something's things aren't hitting, you know, and you're just sort of like, 
well, what's, what's going to, what's next and what's going to happen. And the best motivation for me is just being like, I'm just going to be as prepared as possible for when it does happen, because then I'll be ready for it. So I think that's my favorite and be kind, be kind to everyone you meet, everyone you work with, everyone you see, every human in the world, because they will come back again. And, uh, yeah, you don't want to be the person that steps on people to get to the top and then realize that you're at the top and you have nobody around you. You know, I think that's something that could certainly serve you really well, you know, whether, uh, you're trying to be a professional baseball player or, you know, trying to make your mark on Broadway, which you certainly have Carrie. So, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight. You've been great. Thanks for having me. And thanks for my cool swag. I'm excited. I'm going to rock it. We call that Chapman swag. It's a hashtag. Swag. All right. The Chapman swag. Well, we're happy that you'll get to report it. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you back here in New York whenever we get out of this thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, very much looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. (laughs) That'll close out the ball game here on Break a Bat. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.